On today's episode, I'm interviewing Al Wadley. Al Wadley is an experienced Feldenkrais practitioner of over 20 years that has his practice in Longmont, Colorado. Al Wadley and Donna Ray have the most incredible podcast called Feldenkrais for Life, and that's actually how I found Al. So today we talk about what is Feldenkrais, who can benefit from this modality, how Feldenkrais works with our nervous system, and how I experienced Feldenkrais and working with Al and what that modality was like for me. So I hope you will learn a lot today and enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast, a place to explore possibility through mindfulness, movement, and self-discovery. Our intention is to deliver insight and inspiration while fostering conversations that are genuine, unfiltered, and deeply human. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hi, good morning, Al. Hey, Nikki. How are you doing? I'm so happy to have you on the Connected Community Podcast today talking about Feldenkrais. I am so psyched to be joining you on your podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I've been talking to a lot of people about Feldenkrais, and what I've noticed is that everyone gives me that doing headlights look, and they don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. And I found Feldenkrais so incredibly powerful, and I found working with you so incredibly powerful. And, um, and I actually, as a yoga teacher for so many years, I don't, I had always heard of Feldenkrais and I didn't really know exactly what it was. And so I'd love for you to share an overview of what Feldenkrais is for people that aren't familiar with it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I love talking about the Feldenkrais method, as you already know, and the Feldenkrais method is a system of movement education. So we look at it as a way of engaging your natural ability to learn in, by using developmental strategies. So Dr. Feldenkrais had the really brilliant insight that if we use the same kind of strategies for learning as we did as develop, when we were developing as children and babies, we can apply those things through lessons, he calls them lessons, and improve ourselves as adults. We can apply these same kind of learning strategies as adults and our movement gets better. Our functioning gets better and our brains and our brains function better. So it's a very brilliant system of working that bypasses a lot of the um, kind of extra efforts that we put into exercise and trying to fix ourselves that way and not to eschew exercise. Exercise can be very good and it's a great thing to engage in but it doesn't really change us in a fundamental way. It doesn't really change our functioning that much. And the Feldenkrais method changes our, our functioning at a different level. So if we have an injury or something like an injured knee or something like that. And so we just try to work with the injury um, through exercise, through strengthening or stretching, that kind of thing. We're trying to solve the problem at the same level at which the injury was created. And Feldenkrais lessons look at function of the whole person. And when that functioning improves and the knee improves, so we address the problem at a higher level of functioning, not at the level at the problem. So that's one way of looking at the Feldenkrais method. And quite frankly, if you asked a dozen practitioners, you'd probably get a, different, a dozen different answers as to what the Feldenkrais method is. <laughs> so if somebody comes in with a knee issue, how do you address the whole person like you're saying? 
So I'm going to look at how they organize themselves over their legs. So we have a leg in which we prefer to stand. We call this a standing leg in the Feldenkrais method. The other leg is a gesture leg, and that's the leg we're going to do more activity with. We kick a ball, catch the screen door when we're carrying our groceries inside, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, so I look at that. So which leg is their standing leg? Which leg is their gesture leg? How does that integrate up to their pelvis and up through the spine? How does their head organize over each leg? And so I look at the overall functioning there. So what's the relationship from, from foot to head on each side and spine to head from the pelvis up to the head? And how can we improve that functioning? And when that improves, then the knee is also going to get better. And there's things that we can do to target the knee too. But we've got to look at that within the whole concept of the person and the overall functioning of the person. That's where Feldenkrais really is set us is a step ahead of many other systems of um, body work. In what ways is it different than other modalities? And is it just a therapy modality for fixing an injury or can it be used as a movement modality for moving better? Or is it an exercise? It's not an exercise. Um, those, some of the ex, some of the lessons seem like exercise because they've been really intense. Some of the ones that Dr. Feldenkrais taught, but no, it's really it's really looking at learning. So what is learning? So we're looking at that. So our habits were formed through our development, through our experiences in life, and the things that have happened to us: our injuries, our successes, our the difficulties we encounter, the family we grew up in, the society we grew up in. All of these shape ourselves and shape our habits. These are all learned things. And these are the things that help us be successful in life. They're the things that help us uh, have problems in life. And so if we want to really change ourselves, we start to change our habits. And these habits then can improve not only the way we walk, not only the way the knee functions in the whole self, but how the, our whole self functions in society that it can improve our personality, it can improve our outlook on life, on the way we experience our emotions and our moods. It can help clarify our thinking. All these things are wrapped up and involved in Feldenkrais lessons. We are working with not only movement, we're working with our thinking, our physical sensations, our emotions. All these things are considered in a lesson and are transforming. So it's not just a therapy. Certainly the outcomes can seem therapeutic, but we don't look at it as a therapy. It can be a good adjunctive to therapy. If somebody's in you know, talk therapy or working with traumas or something like that, Feldenkrais lessons can be an excellent adjunctive way to work with that because that's going to help depotentiate some of those habits that have formed around a trauma that, that somebody's experienced in life. So it's a very powerful way to work and it works very deeply because we're changing ourselves at a very root level. And that's one of the beautiful things about the work. And it's so gentle. It's so easy. And in some ways, it's so simple. And it's so beautiful. It's just um, an elegant way to work and change ourselves. And when you talk about trauma, are you talking about emotional trauma or physical trauma or both? Either one, yeah. And they often go together, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody's in a car accident, that can have a lot of emotional impact on them. If somebody's been in an abusive uh, relationship or Grown up in an abusive family, that those things are often, you know, together. I'd love to share how I found you. Actually, I have a yeah. friend who 
has some pretty intense neck pain issues, and she's tried all these different modalities. And she sent me your podcast, Feldenkrais for Life. And I started listening to your podcast, and I got a lot out of it. Um, and it got me down the rabbit hole of watching and listening to other Feldenkrais practitioners. And I found that even in some of the simple lessons that were five or 10 minutes, that I found some pretty amazing improvements or some aha moment, m moments. And I decided to do an in-person session with you. And I found the in-person session completely different than what I was experiencing online. And I went to you because I felt like my head wasn't sitting on top of my spine correctly. And I was having neck issues and some other issues and I had been to every kind of practitioner I think I can imagine over the years. And I knew I needed to relearn how to hold my neck and my spine in a different way. And I think we did 10 sessions together and you're quite a distance from where I live. So for me to drive that distance and invest in sessions, I would not have done that unless you were absolutely excellent. And um, I did find a lot of relief even, well, especially after every session, my body was holding itself differently after the sessions with you. I feel like I need to do more. I think there's more growth to be done there. Um, I felt when we were doing the sessions in person, it almost was as if my nervous system was, it was so nurturing to my nervous system. It, whatever I came in there with inside my body, when I left it, I, my body felt completely grounded. I felt calm. I felt centered. I felt relaxed. And then my body felt a lot better. And so can you talk a little bit about the differences between the in-person and the online lessons and how do people benefit just from being online and what is the difference? Because I found it I find both very, very, very helpful, um, but in person was such a treat. Yeah, it's a, it is a very different experience. So, kind of in a, in a nutshell, I like the analogy of a box. So, when you're doing the online stuff, which we call awareness through movement, which are verbally guided lessons. So, if you're doing one of my lessons, I guide you through a series of movements combined with awareness. And as you do the lessons, you start to modify your habits. You're modifying them from the inside out. So your, your box of yourself gets a little bit larger. It changes its shape a little bit. It becomes more uh, you, in a sense. And when you're on my table in my office and I'm working with you, then it's like I'm on the outside of your box and I'm working with you. And I'm helping you to change from the inside out. And so you modify the box of yourself in that way. So it is very different ways of working. Some, the, all the same principles apply to both. And I love them both. I love awareness of the movement. I love doing it. I love teaching it. My practice, I do uh, a morning lesson every day. I get up and I do a Feldenkrais lesson every morning like that. And it helps to start my day. I love how it intrigues me and makes me think and makes me feel in new ways. And even though I've done hundreds of lessons, still, it's still novel experience because that was one of the beautiful things about Moshe's work was that he created all these novel experiences for us to go over and over again. And every time you do it, it's different. 
And there's so many, so many that you can get, get to experience. And they all change you in some way. And the hands-on work is beautiful because it's it's really our two nervous systems joining together. And I'm sensing you. I'm sensing your habits when I'm moving you. I can sense what's easy for you to do, what's not easy for you to do, what's familiar, what's not. And I go with your habits and I start to modify them. So when I can feel your habits, I can go with your habits and then just gently start to introduce ways of doing your habit that are a little bit different, that serve you a little bit better. And that gradually happens through the lesson. And by the end of the lesson, your habits have been modified quite a bit. You feel very different. And typically you feel very skeletal. So we're very interested in developing a clear sense of the skeleton through these lessons. Because if you're sensing your skeleton, then your nervous system is going to organize around that solidity and that solid structure. And so it's going to put the, the muscles back in service of the skeleton. Our habits often take us away from the sense of the skeleton. We feel, you know, the muscle tissue, the tension, the emotions, all this stuff. We lose that sense of that solidity that we get from the skeleton. And once we get back to the skeleton, then we start to put the muscles back in service to move the skeleton and keep us erect and move us with ease and grace. And that's where you get that really incredible feeling when you stand up, you get off the table and you feel very strong, grounded, yet tall, lengthened, light, all these really interesting combination of sensations. And it's, it's an incredible experience. It's one I wish that everybody could have in the world. Mm -hmm. I did feel all of those every time I stood up from the <laughs> sessions, felt taller and more grounded and lighter. And so I think, um, and it's hard for somebody who hasn't had the experience to picture what that's like. I find that when I was doing the sessions with you, it was very little movement. We were doing very little. And um, I had to trust a lot. I put a lot of trust in into you and was able to let go. And one example was I was laying on my back and my head is in your hands and you're moving my head from side to side. And in the beginning, the movements felt very non-fluid and sticky is the best word, sticky. And you'd go from side to side and it would just stick and it would stick. And the more you moved with me and the more I gave in and let my nervous system relax, that stickiness went away and my head began to feel more fluid. And... I felt that in the online sessions and the in-person sessions, but the in-person sessions, I was not using any of my own effort. And in the online, I was efforting a little bit more. But I do think that there's a lot of trust and relaxation that has to happen. And I'm curious what happens when you have somebody in your session and they aren't able to relax and there's a lot of tension and they're really, really rigid and things just aren't moving and everything's sticky and there's not any fluidity. How do you work with that? And are you able to calm their nervous system down or is that necessary? Can they... Can they benefit even if they're not able to relax? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always a way in. And if somebody's very tense, you know, they're rigid, they're holding a lot of tension. So it's just, again, it's a matter of going with that. So maybe uh, and there's, there's always some part of themselves that can move, right? Maybe it's their toes. Maybe it's the left shoulder. Uh, maybe it's just the fingers of one hand. 
maybe their head can only roll a quarter of an inch to the right and it can't roll to the left. So we start with that. So that small rolling of the head to the right and maybe just moving with the toes a little bit, wiggling the toes and then coming back up and seeing what happens with the head. And the head can roll more easily then if you wiggle the toes. See, so here's something I like. That's something I like. I borrow this from, from the brief therapy model. And they say there are no resistant clients, only resistant therapists. And so I take that and I internalize that. So there, I have no resistant clients. If I'm finding resistance in somebody, I have to look within myself to go, okay, so what do I need to change within myself, be able to work with this person and find a way into their nervous system? And there's always a way in. It may be very small movement, maybe going very, very gently. We may go very, very slowly, but there's always a way in. There's always a way to meet them where they're at and start to match their experience and then start to lead them in a way that is going to help cultivate a really positive experience for them through the lesson. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I came to you for was my neck, and yet you were working with my feet a lot. So can you talk a little bit about that? Now, the feet are a really powerful way to work. So if you look at the motor cortex, so we all have a strip of the brain called the motor cortex, and there's an image of ourselves on the motor cortex. So if you were to take the top of your head off and poke around with a little node in there, you could find out that you push here and this part of yourself responds, just actually how they figured it out. Uh, anyway, so you got a motor cortex, and you have an image of yourself on that. And the feet actually occupy a pretty good amount of territory. And by working with the feet, you can change so many things in the hips, in the pelvis, up in the spine, up into the upper back, in the shoulders, in the neck. So many things will respond to working with the feet like that. And so it's like working with the foundation of yourself, and that goes right up, and it influences everything. So I include working with the feet in almost every lesson that I do. So it's a very powerful way to work. And it, it helps to spread and generalize throughout the whole self. And I think it's a very, so it's a very indirect way of working with the neck and other parts of yourself. Cause I mean, you're not, you have no defenses or resistance or, or whatever it might come up that if I'm working with your head, if you have neck issues it might come up. So I'm down there working with your feet and your toes and that changes your neck and your upper back and your spine. Then, wow that's a really great way to get in there. And so it also, you know, builds trust and building trust with your nervous system through that way too. And as a practitioner, can you feel that letting go of, oh, of yeah. your clients? Yeah. yeah. I can feel it and I can see it. So like if you're on my table and I'm, you know, I start to work with your feet. So maybe I'll pick up, your right leg, and maybe I'll pull through the heel gently, and I look for that skeletal connection through yourself. How does it pull through the rest of your skeleton? Does it engage the pelvis? Does it engage your spine? Does it engage your upper back, your neck? Does your head move or not? And I may push through your foot in the same way and look for the same thing. And then I do some work with your foot, and I come back to that, and I push or pull through your foot, and wow, the whole skeleton is now being able to engage by doing that. So yeah, you can see it, you can feel it. It's very, very clear to watch these changes take place. And I've done enough lessons now, thousands of lessons that I can really predict what's going to make a difference. So I know that if I do this kind of uh, 
you know, work with this part of yourself in this way, it's going to have a global effect. It's going to have a very precise effect on this part or that part. And it sounds like everything's about fluidity of movement and all of the different body parts speaking to one another. Is that, is that correct? It is. It is. We're looking for a very easy, uh, fluid kind of movement, very connected movement. So lessons are systemic in nature. In other words, not looking at like cause effect relationships. So if we go back to the idea of the knee, so instead of trying to cause the knee to change by stretching it or strengthening it, we're looking at the whole system and trying and working to influence the whole system. And then when the system changes, the knee changes as well. So we got to look at how the foot works and the head, the neck and all these different things. We're looking for systemic change. So, and that means that, you know, A affects D, which affects P, which affects D, which affects, you know, all these different parts. So it's kind of a nonlinear causality that we're looking at in these lessons. It's almost as if somebody has a knee injury and then it changes their posture and alignment. And so it might throw their hips off and it might throw everything else off. Mm-hmm. And um, so by correcting one, it corrects the rest of the system. Yes, that's a good that's a good example because, yeah, there's comp- comp- compensatory patterns that develop from an injury. And those compensatory patterns can actually be sustaining to the habit that forms around the injury. And so we need to address all of those habits, all the different layers of habits that form around an injury or an accident or something that just as a result of development starts to uh, decline in somebody. So older adults often will develop, you know, knee pain, hip pain, something like that, that is not related to a specific injury or accident that they have, but it's something just as deterioration occurs from uh, poor use of self, then it starts to show up. But we can affect that as well and improve that. Mm-hmm. And I, I had that experience where I was wanting my head and neck to be in alignment. And then you're working with my feet all the way up to my head as I'm laying on my back. And when you push my feet in the beginning, just a little bit, I don't think my head moved. And then by the end of the session, when you push my feet, my head and my spine and my hips and everything were moving in coordination with one another. And then I, I also find that there's a ripple effect from your lessons. So you might do a lesson on something and I might not get it in that lesson. I will feel better after the lesson and I'll feel more grounded and maybe that pain went away. But then days and weeks later, as I'm doing an action or a movement or a pattern, I'll start, it. it the ripple effect goes on and I start to see how I'm holding my body and I start to train my body to hold itself differently. I think that's, um, that's really a gift that keeps on giving with your lessons. It is. It is. And I think it's a really nice, that's a really good example. And, um, that's what happens with Feldenkrais lessons. So, you know, when you're in a lesson and maybe you have X issue you want to work with, but so many other things improve too. And it's something that in a way is kind of meta. It's meta to, the habits and the things we do in our daily lives, whether it's washing dishes or walking to our car or your yoga practice or Tai Chi, whatever you do. And by doing Feldenkrais lessons, uh, they improve all of the functions in your life. And that generalizes into all those important areas, whether it's something you do in the kitchen when you're preparing food, reaching for a glass in the cabinet or how you use a knife 
or whether you're in your yoga practice or your Tai Chi or you're running. So all of these things start to improve. They all get better. So Feldenkrais lessons improve function, improve function at a global level. So much of yourself improves when you're doing these lessons. It's not just for X or for Z. You know, we're not trying to just you know, work at a very low level to, uh, to influence this joint or that joint or this pain or that pain. They want to influence the whole functioning of the system. And that requires um, a lot of novelty and uniqueness and uh, awareness. And it's a beautiful practice. Everybody goes into a therapist or a session and they want to know how many sessions it would take to fix an issue. And I definitely know we're all different. We come with these different patterns and issues and some of them are lifelong and some of them are, they were hold deeply from trauma. Do you typically see results after one session, after five, after 10? Um, how does that work in Feldenkrais? Boy, that really varies a lot depending on the person and the experience. I would say if I'm going to draw a generalization about that, I would say 10 lessons is really nice metric. At that point in time, people are going to really notice a, a difference in themselves and how they're experiencing themselves. Issues really usually start to resolve by then, if not have been resolved. And oftentimes people will want to continue on if they have the financial means, they'll continue on. I've got people in my practice that I've been working with for 15 years and they come in for a weekly lesson mm -hmm. and um, they, they just like the, the ongoing experience, the learning and the, the maintenance of themselves. All these people are older adults and they really value that that ability to keep themselves a little bit younger and moving younger and feeling younger. I do feel that some of your sessions um, are really basic. And then when I, when I'm finished with them, it, it gets me clarity in something like, Oh wow, this is a much easier way to stand up. This is a much easier way to turn around. This is a much easier way to look over my shoulder. And so there is, this um, awareness of movement as, as I'm finished with the session of how I'm moving my body, but also my body's moving with much more ease. And do you find people that are so stuck in their patterns that they're not willing to, or they're not ready or their body's not ready to go there? Uh, there are people that I've worked with that um, very slow to change that they are, maybe this comes back to the rigidity issue and they, they often have a low motivation to be active in their own personal change. And they want me to do all the work and it works better if they have a sense of curiosity, they have a motivation that they want to learn, learn about themselves, that there'll be more progress that way. And so, yeah, there's a range of people who come in. There's some people that come in and there's less motivation on their part and they don't progress as quickly as somebody who's really super curious and wants to learn. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember you talking about curiosity that that is a little bit of a key curiosity in how your body moves, curiosity in exploring different ways of doing something than the past. 
Um, I think that's with every, every therapy, every modality, you can't expect the therapist or the practitioner to cure you or fix you that you need to be invested in that, in that process. So how do people get benefit online only if they, if they don't have access to a practitioner and they're only doing these sessions online, um, can they get the same amount of benefit or is it different? Can they progress as quickly? Uh, I think so. And I, I guess if you can work with a, a practitioner, an experienced practitioner, you're going to get more uh, customized. Lessons are going to be tailored to your experience and tailored to who you are. So it's going to be more impactful, I think. But the online lessons, they're, they're so cool. I mean, there's so many cool experiences that come out of doing these awareness and movement lessons, things that you would never expect in yourself because they combine your movement, your awareness, your thinking, you start to learn how your thinking in, in is uh, <clears throat> is involved in your movement and how you use your eyes, your senses, all these things start to come into your awareness and you start to learn about yourself in a really fundamental way, in a way that brings more conscious awareness of your habits and your functioning and your abilities than I think functional integration, you know, the hands-on work does. So doing the online work, the awareness of movement lessons, you really are getting to know yourself in a really fundamental way that is really unique to anything else you're going to do. And you start to understand your habits and you start to modify them. You start to learn about yourself. And it's a whole world of awareness that starts to open up. And as you step into this new awareness, you start to learn other things about yourself. So these things that had been issues that you resolve through these lessons, you start to find other things that you want to improve about yourself. So it creates this moving forward, ongoing way of self-improvement that really has no end to it. So as long as you remain curious and you want to enhance yourself and continue to learn, it's an, it's an endless path and it's and it's incredible because it's just, you feel good, you move well, and you feel better. Mm -hmm. So even somebody who's feeling amazing in their body can benefit from these lessons. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No matter what level of functioning you're at, you can improve it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're doing well, if you're feeling well, uh, it's a great time to do Feldenkrais lessons because you'll improve your wellness. I've had people, you know, they get like, 10 lessons with me. They're doing really well. They're feeling really good. And they have one lesson left and they go, well, should I save it? You know, when I need it, I'm like, no, improve your wellness now. So make yourself better. And then when stuff happens in life, which it's going to happen, you have more resilience to deal with it. And so no matter how well you're doing, you can always improve through following Christ lessons and you're going to improve your resilience because stuff happens in life. We all know that. And you can recover from it more quickly. You can be more resilient in the face of challenges and difficulties. And so, yeah, doing Feldenkrais lessons at any point in time is an excellent thing to do. Mm -hmm. you take, your, take your wellness and make it even better. I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. I realized that you came to Feldenkrais out of your own pain and discomfort in your body. And I'm curious if you would share a little bit about what your body was feeling like before you found Feldenkrais and, um, and how it worked for you and how quickly it worked for you and what that process was like. 
Yeah, sure. So uh, I was when I was born, I I had a messed up nervous system. <clears throat> I was very uncomfortable in my body. I, I my mother told me I cried all the time for two years, and uh, was very uncoordinated as a kid growing up. I had a lot of aches and pains. In some ways, I look at like I was born an old man. And um, even then, I just kind of made my way through efforting and trying to be strong and all this stuff. But I couldn't catch a ball. I couldn't kick or throw or run or do any things that, you know, most boys could do. And so by the time I got to my 30s, I've been working construction, doing different kinds of things. But I had a lot of back pain, uh, did a lot of difficulty in breathing, I just uh, just a lot of physical discomfort. And put a lot of effort into doing whatever it is that I wanted to do. Um, so I was recommended by my mother, actually, to go see a practitioner in Boulder, Jack Heggie. And so I went and I got lessons with him. And over the course of about seven to ten lessons, I uh, made some big changes. I remember one after one lesson in particular, I went out to my truck and I had to adjust the seat, I had to adjust the mirror. Something fundamentally had changed in my organization that I made changes in those. I never put them back either. That So that was a big tell for me. I couldn't really tell what he was doing. I had really no idea what he was doing. I just felt like a lot of random poking, pushing, and pulling. I was intrigued. And I also published audio at the time. So I said to Jack, let's publish some of your lessons on audio. So we made audio cassettes of his lessons. He'd written some books about the Feldenkrais Method, applying to skiing and running and went on vision. So we made audio lessons uh, for those uh, books that he had published. And those were great experiences for me to start to get into learning about awareness of the movement. And I actually found it very challenging for myself at the time. And uh, I didn't quite, it didn't quite pop for me at that moment. But what did pop for me when he asked me to videotape a workshop he was doing for practitioner, for Feldenkrais practitioners on the functional integration. He called it the fun, what he called it? Oh, I can't remember what is it? Functional, patterns of functional integration. Anyway, he was teaching students, other practitioners, how to do these basic patterns in functional integration. So I was videotaping it and I could see what he was doing. There was a pattern to it. He was working with these other students and there was an odd number of people in the room I got to play too. So I got to try and do some of these functional integration techniques with other people. And it just, that captured my imagination. I was like, that is so cool. I could get an idea of what he was doing. He's working with somebody's pattern. He's using these different techniques. And so that night I went home and I said to my wife, get on the floor, let me try this with you. And so I, you know, rolled her around a little bit, poked and pushed her here and there, and she felt better. And that really just, that blew my mind. So the next month, anybody I ran into, I was like, hey, get on the floor. Let me try this with you. So I'd roll them around a little bit, you know, and most everybody would feel better. And from that, it's like the the universe just kind of organized around this fascination I had. And I got into really excellent training in uh, Berkeley, California. And a friend of mine from junior high school was, you know, a couple miles from the training site. And so I stayed with him in his basement. And uh, things just opened up and it was just like, that was it. I knew this is what I was going to do. And I finally had something that made sense to me and something that made sense out of me. And so all that confusion that I experienced growing up, that confused development started to unravel and started to make sense 
out of myself by doing these lessons. And quite frankly, I feel younger. I feel healthier. I feel smarter. I feel better than I've ever felt in my life at age 62. And I think that's a real, real uh, testament to just the power and the elegance of this work, that it can really change you in a fundamental way as it did me. And that can happen to anybody. Did you try other treatment modalities before Feldenkrais? Mm, not, not physically. Um, I got into NLP training. So I was a NLP practitioner, master practitioner. I learned some things about Ericksonian hypnosis and I found all that stuff very interesting. That was very helpful, helpful for working with my mind and learning to become aware of my emotions, how I thought and how to start to change some of those habits, you know, from the neck up. But what was missing was the rest of me, the physical self, because I've dissociated from that because it felt so weird and uncomfortable growing up. I just, just had dissociated from my body. And the Feldenkrais method helped me become reassociated and start to really feel myself fully and completely. And that was what was missing. And so the LP stuff was great, but it missed the integration of my physical self. The Feldenkrais method brought that in so I could really embody myself again and start to feel myself as a whole human being and move as a whole human being. That's crazy. And then after seven to 10 sessions, you started noticing these massive differences. Yes. Yes. It wasn't a complete turnaround, but it, it definitely showed me that there was a way to improve myself that would was really important to me. So how was the complete turnaround? What was that a process of unfolding of years or how, how did you make that recovery for yourself? I, I'm still doing it. <laughs> I'm still doing it. It's like, you know, I, I improve myself and yet there's more to learn about myself. There's more differentiations I can make more things I can sense and more sense I can make out of myself. And so, as I mentioned earlier, it's a lifelong process of self-improvement. And so it's just, it's ongoing. I'll be doing it until the day I die. And when did you feel in that process that your nervous system finally was able to just release and let go a little bit? Oh, I think a lot of that happened going through the training. I remember some really significant epiphanies going through the training where I really started to sense myself. I remember the first time I had the experience of feeling myself, sensing myself as a whole, my whole self, all in one moment from the heels all the way up to my head, felt my entire self, I was washing dishes and this, this whole sensation just washed over me. I was like, oh my God, I can feel my whole self all at once. Before that, it was like, well, I can feel this part of that part, this part of that part. And then I had this sense of being a whole person. I mean, that was incredible. When I'm working with you, I find almost as if their movements are so slow and I feel like we're doing so little. Um, and I'm so curious about that connection with the nervous system and how, how, how that works. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think the going slow is very important in that when we go slowly, we can really sense more of ourselves. If I'm working with you, I can sense more of yourself when I move you slowly. 
And if you're moving yourself in a one-inch movement lesson, you can feel more of yourself when you're moving yourself slowly. There's a ratio to how much we can sense to compared to how much effort we put into it. So if you're carrying something heavy like a sack of potatoes and a fly lands on it, you can't feel that fly. But if you got a feather in your index finger, between your index finger and your thumb, and a fly lands on that feather, you can feel that because that's the kind of sensitivity that we want to cultivate in lessons by using less effort and going more slowly. We widen the aperture of awareness. When we widen the aperture of awareness, we're starting to lay down more neural pathways. We're starting to create more vibrant neural pathways and enhance that sensing that goes with it. And that really reinforces what we're doing. It creates and we're modifying the map in our brains, the motor cortex and the sensory motor cortex about how we're moving, how we're sensing ourselves. So going slowly like that and taking the time to sense and cultivate our awareness is really essential to that. That's part of the power of it. So that's why we do so much less, but yet within that less is so much more that is taking place because we, we're working within that less, the smaller movements in that context, as I mentioned earlier, in a systemic it's like a systemic phenomenology of the lesson. And so that has a huge impact. And the nervous system likes it. It takes it in because it feels good and it makes sense. The nervous system isn't a cause-effect thing. It's a systemic thing. And all these things are happening all at once. And by tweaking this part or that part, it affects the whole system. And the lessons are organized in such a way that it makes sense great intelligence to the nervous system and the nervous system adapts it because it likes it and makes sense out of it. Mm -hmm. I feel as a yoga teacher and as, as a meditation practitioner that the sessions with you were almost as if I was having a 50 minute meditation, a moving meditation where I'm laying there doing a whole lot of nothing and just being present within myself and you're doing these movements that are super, super slow. And it, it has the same effect on me as a meditation. I think that was part of it was just going deep, going inside, feeling, sensing, and, um, and like everything just calmed down. And, and I'm curious that it, it, a lot of people can't do that. Yeah, I think the Feligris method takes us inward in a non-scary way. It's not like doing therapy where somebody's, you know, prodding you to, you know, go into your internal issues. But it's like you're going in and you're sensing yourself. You're feeling your your feelings, not necessarily in a motive way, but in a very sensory way. And mm -hmm. when you start to modify these these neural pathways that are, you know, neuromuscular habits, then you're changing the way you express your emotions because your emotions are expressed through muscular contractions. They're expressed through your posture and they give you the sensation of the emotion in your body. And so by doing these lessons, you're also affecting them. You're also affecting the emotional muscular patterns. And so you start to change them as well. And so it's a way of working with all that, the emotions and your entire self in a really non-threatening way. Because nobody's asking you to you know, go in and you know, talk about your feelings or probe these memories and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And your memories, too, have neuromuscular patterns associated with them. So when you start to change all these habits and free things up, then all these old habits that we've had around our emotions, around our thinking, start to ease up. They become more fluid. 
they become things that we can go in of, into, we can come out of, and we don't have to get stuck in them. So I think that's a really beautiful way that Feldenkrais helps us be better human beings and to feel better. So we have more choice in what we get to experience. Mm-hmm. I know that you have a bunch of resources available on your website and a lot of offerings, and I would love for you to share that, how people mm-hmm. can find you and what lessons they can do online with you. Yeah, my website is achievingexcellence.com. And I have a lot of my own lessons up there. I also curate lessons from other practitioners and trainings, uh, trainers around the world. Um, so there's a lot of great resources on there. And you can uh, purchase them, you can download them, or you can stream them on your device either way. And it's a way for you to, con- to explore this work on your own, the comfort of your own home. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of great resources on there. So check it out, achievingexcellence.com. And if you have any questions, just send me an email from the website. I always respond to people. And I like to hear it from people too. I really appreciate your time. I think you're an incredible practitioner. I don't say that lightly. I'm very picky about who I work with, being a body worker on my own. And you are incredible. And I'm so happy to have found you and to be able to work with you. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. And thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm I'm so happy that you're getting this off the ground for yourself and I'm so excited for you. And I'm really happy to be a part of this. And I love talking about the Feldenkrais Method. It's my favorite thing to talk about. So thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Connected Community Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe. I can be found at www.nikkiyyoga.com, N-I-C-K-Y-Y-Y-O-G-A.com. Until I see you again next week, I hope you have a beautiful day.